0: welcome to beyond the box podcast the mission of fairway cares is to send hope courage strength and love to those facing critical illness loss of a loved one or sustained physical trauma through care packages may you be inspired through these stories as we journey beyond the box i'm your host sherry anderson ceo of fairway cares and today, my guest is Dan Guerrero. He has been a part of Fairway in the business development in Kerry Guerrero's branch. He is a fire department chaplain, father to seven children and dog dad to three, and a volunteer in Fairway Cares and a Fairway Cares champion and a great friend. So welcome, Dan.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the great friend, Sherry. I, I, I feel the same.
0: Oh, thanks. Well, it's been a a joy to get to know you over the last several years um, when we've had more of an opportunity to spend time together. And I just thank you for your heart to serve because you have this giant servant heart and uh, so appreciate the ways that not only that you give to Fairway Cares, but that you give to your community and you represent AWI. But um, tell us, how long have you been with Fairway?
1: I've been with Fairway probably eight years now, going on. I think I'm into my ninth year. So,
0: okay. And what what brought you to Fairway?
1: Well, um, most of you know my wife Carrie, <laughs> and um, and we had decided she had made a, a, a career decision. Um, I think she's now been with Fairway for maybe ten years um, to join the Fairway team from a different mortgage organization, and um, so as time went on and she began to grow her branch, um, she then opened other branches and stuff. And so I kind of stepped in to help uh, develop those with new personnel and everything else. And, and uh, so, you know, 10 years ago, the mortgage business was, was, a, was a, an amazing place to be. And so we, we really enjoyed the time we spent together building a team in Minnesota. And, you know, and, and so it's kind of what we were doing early on. I then decided to move as as, as she started to build some branches, bring in some more staff. I started a different career path, which I'll talk about here in a little bit. But then I ended up going to volunteer with Fairway Cares. Uh, Probably, Sherry, I think it's probably been like two years, maybe just a little bit
0: more. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting when you guys first started with Fairway, that was before Fairway Cares started because we started in 2016. Yep. You've kind of had a perspective of being able, as you guys grew your branch, you know, Minnesota and, and, you know, things kind of ebb and flow as you kind of work through things and you saw Fairway Cares kind of start out. What was that like to see that kind of start out and now see where it is today? What's that perspective look like for you?
1: You know, as I I think about when Carrie started first mentioning Fairway Cares, um, I really didn't know what it was. You know we were we were pretty heavily involved with awi we had in in the 10-year span or whatever we've probably given away six or seven dogs helped sponsor six or seven dogs um through awi events but fairway cares started to come up a little bit and then all of a sudden carrie's starting to tell me about what it is that y'all did there and i had some time and i wanted to see if i could be a part of that somehow and i didn't know what that was so you know, so now my my position is is to reply to all of the requests that come in. Now I, I do the majority of them, not all of them, but it is it is the way that it, the operation works is that people, a fairway employee, is as, as most people know, listening to this podcast, that that there's a website that you go to and you can request a package for somebody who has experienced a loss, or is ill, um, or has experienced trauma. And those requests come in on a daily basis, and I look at those requests. I reply to the requester saying, "Hey, we've received this. We are praying for these people. We are sorry that they're going through it, and we will make sure that we get a package out." Um, and and so that's that's basically my job. I get to I get to read all of the stories, and I got to tell you, um, I was not prepared for the impact. And it's interesting that I say that because as a chaplain for the San Diego or for the fire service, not just San Diego, but for the fire service, I've experienced a lot of stuff, but to watch these requests come in from people who are either family members or friends of, of Fairway employees or, or referral partners or clients, the, the request, some of the requests are mind blowing, You know, suicides and losses of ch- children and young mothers and young fathers and and it is, it is astounding to hear the impact that this little box, I yeah, guess it's just not really little box, this box has on people. Um, and when we, get the, when we get the responses to the folks that have received them, it, I never get tired of reading those. And I would love to see more. Um, I don't see a lot of them. I don't know that we get a lot of them. But, boy, I, I would love to see more of those because it just reinforces why it is I do what I do?
0: Well, and your job is a pure voluntary position, and it's so vital um, because when the process of, of a care package, we all through the process, we want to have that personal touch. Yeah. And you are the front lines of that personal touch by responding to the requester and saying, "Hey, we've got this person. You know, this request was made, and you just." confirm to them that we got the request. Right. We're going to take care of this request. We're loving on this person. Like you said, we're praying for this person. And it just makes the requester feel so good to know that their request has been acknowledged. I think that's yeah. such a, then that's the very first step I know, in, right? in the process. That
1: is just the first step of this amazing process. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. And we just so appreciate, it. you know, I want to, I, wanna, I it's such a vital part of what we do. And we log so many volunteer hours monthly with the volunteers that are in the office, with the hours that you put in with the hours of the fairway cares champions. And we really want people to know um, how serious we take number one, making the experience very personal because we don't want them just to be another number or just to be another name. We want them to be heard and seen, you know, and felt, whether it's the requester or the recipient. Um, So the fact that we have all these volunteers, we also, you know, want to be mindful of the dollars that people donate and to know that we're stretching your dollars as far as we can, because we want to make sure that we, you know, still have the resources to go into the packages. And by your generosity Dan, you just, that's such a huge piece that you bring to uh, the Fairway Cares team. It's just, it really needs to be acknowledged and and recognized. And I just want to say in a big way, thank you for what you do. I
1: I appreciate that. It's, you know, when I wake up every morning and and I know that um, one of the first things that I do is to open up this laptop, take a look at the requests that have come in. Um, It is, it is not something I take lightly. It is something that I do my very best to not leave the house or do anything else until these have been responded to. And the fact that all these years later, and we're still getting these emails that say, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Um, means that your team is doing what God has asked this team to do and, and how he's blessed this thing on a daily basis is really an amazing thing to watch.
0: Well, you're part of it in a big way. And I want to step back and kind of go back to, you know, you mentioned and I introduced you as a a fire service. I think you called it our fire department chaplain. Um, You, Dan, just really have a heart to serve. And, and, you know, I feel like there's a journey behind it. One of the things when we had our Fairway Cares Champions retreat, I think the thing that just blew me away was the heart. behind these volunteers and, and really some of the the things that they navigated Well, serving as a chaplain, you're exposed to a lot of different things. Can you kind of, can you kind of share like how you became a fire service chaplain and what your role is there and how, how that just kind of share that experience with us?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to fast forward, um, and in, in kind of not give you the first 54 years of my life. <laughs> We're going to start at year 54. And it was in 2012 that I became an executive pastor of a church in Minnesota while I was attending a conference in Fort Collins, Colorado, is kind of when my call came. Um, and when I got home, the lead pastor asked me to be his executive pastor. And he introduced me to the staff by saying, hi, this is Pastor Dan. And when I heard the pastor tag for the first time, it was—it really was almost shocking. It, 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 it was not anything that was ever on my radar. And my instant reaction was that if you're going to call me a pastor, then I need to earn that honor because I really look at that as an honor. Um, and I need to go to seminary. Um, so I started in seminary in 2013, traveling from Minneapolis to Portland, Oregon, every eight weeks for a, a one week, very intensive. You know, we got up at six o'clock in the morning and finished at ten o'clock at night, um, in this in this master's program, and then I graduated. I wanted to quit. (laughs) I'll back up. After the first year, I was done. I hadn't been to school in forty some years. This was a master's program, and and it was a lot. And so, through the encouragement of many, um, I stuck it out, and and I graduated in two thousand fifteen. And it was it was. I was so incredibly grateful that I was able to do that. Um, And my job as the executive pastor was to make sure that the vision of the lead pastor was instilled in the staff and in everything that we did in the church. And I would tell you that it was spiritually, mentally, and physically fulfilling. It was incredible. But then through a series of events and circumstances, Carrie and I moved about 50 miles south of the church that I was serving. But in God's amazing sense of humor, we were donated this 19,000 square foot building. It's a, it's a long story where we don't have time for that. But we began a nonprofit community center in this small little town of Waterville, Minnesota, where I was the director and pastor, um, and it was called The Village in Waterville. We, we named it that. Um, and it functioned as a place for the community to gather for events and meetings and Bible studies, coffee time with friends, all kinds of stuff like that. But we also operated a food shelf where every Sunday, a handful of volunteers would cook a hot meal for at least probably 120 plus people every Sunday that came to get food. The magic was in the sense of community. It wasn't in the food. It was bringing together this town where people knew each other, but they didn't know each other. And the village, God, and in, in, in God put this building together for this community to get together. And it was flat out fun. We loved it. But then we made the decision to move to San Diego in 2019. I was I felt released from the village, which was great. I had no regrets and I was grateful. And I was spiritually and mentally and physically fulfilled because of that mission. So um, while serving as the executive pastor for the church in Minneapolis, I kind of became aware of a call that God placed on my heart to become a chaplain. And I had taken a few courses in chaplaincy, but never really pursued it. However, when we moved to San Diego, Carrie and I were walking down the street in Little Italy, and there was a San Diego Fire Rescue Battalion chief that was just about to get back into his vehicle. And I was prompted to stop him and ask him about whether or not San Diego Fire had a chaplaincy program. Out of the blue, I had never been a chaplain. I don't know kind of where this came from. Um, Well, God and he directed me to the chaplain lead and after an interview i was asked to join the team <laughs> and then as luck would have it i was assigned to battalion three um, and most of their stations were on the beach so it was amazing shortly after that they asked me if i would become a handler for a crisis response canine named Bodhi. and Bodhi is a yellow lab who is currently five years old um, i jumped at that opportunity but before I could do that, I had to spend 120 hours being trained to handle this dog. This dog was way smarter than I was. This dog was highly trained. They now needed to train me to be able to handle him. So Bodie and I would go and lead diffusings. and what that is is that after a, a really bad incident, the captain of the crew knew that his crew was feeling bad. That this was a tough one. It usually was the result of a child death, um, a, a horrible accident. Um, where most of these young firefighters had families and they could put themselves after it's, I'll, I'll be, I'll say this first. When you're, when you respond to a fire or an incident, you are in work mode period. That it is all that you think about. But after that incident is over and your brain starts to process what you just did and saw, um, San Diego fire chaplaincy program was, was designed to have us chaplains go in after these incidents at the request of the captain who knew that his crew was was feeling this and I would sit down with the crew and anybody else involved so if there were dispatchers involved highway patrol anybody that wanted that was involved in that incident could come to this diffusing and I would sit and go through with every single crew member what it is that they did and saw in that incident while Bodie would around and love on these people and the magic this dog sometimes not all the time but sometimes had the ability to go to the person that was feeling it the most and just go there and lay his head on their lap and you could watch the tension just diffuse just kind of leave this person and though that was cool it wasn't the only thing that we needed to do so i would sit with every crew member, and we would go through the incident one by one, by one by one, and and all the other crew members got to gain the perspective of the entire crew, not just what they did or what they saw, and it, it was incredibly healing. Um, the whole my whole position as a chaplain it continues today um, in Florida. Now that we we <laughs> we moved to Minnesota, we, you know it. My job is to prolong their careers in a very, in the most healthy manner as possible. Because if we didn't do these diffusings, they would be left to go process this on their own. And that kind of develops into a lot of different things, mostly excessive drinking or physical abuse of a partner, things like that. So we're praying that God uses us chaplains to help mitigate those, to, that that there are healthier ways to do this. So at the end of the diffusing, we talk about what you can experience, what are the things that you can do um, to process through this and, and stay healthy. And you don't want to forget the, the incident because you never will, but you want to put it in a place in your brain that allows you that when it when something triggers it, that you can say, okay, I'm all right. Um, this happened and I'm okay. Um, so I, I pray that that we were instrumental in doing that and, and there have been stories that suggest that we have, but.
0: Well, that's really powerful. And, and just to hear how Bodie can just be such an impact. I mean, dogs are just amazing. And
1: yeah, dogs are absolutely incredible. You know, I, I was, when we moved back, when we moved back from San Diego to Minnesota, I was fearful that I would lose Bodie. Um, but the trainer, Bodie's trainer could, because Bodie belonged to the fire service and, um, the trainer said to separate these two would be a grave mistake for the for the dog. She wasn't really concerned about me, but she was certainly <laughs> concerned about the dog. <laughs> and, and she said, these two are a, an amazing team. Don't break them up. Let him take the dog. So, well, I tell you, it was spiritually and mentally and physically fulfilling.
0: Wow. That's just powerful. And, you know, I think about as you, you know, talked about how you went in and diffused, you know, I like the word diffused. The trauma, maybe, yeah, if that is. is correct. Yeah, that's is. Yeah. You know, looking at these packages, it kind of diffuses the difficulty for a moment. We just got a thank you note today that allowed the the recipient to step away from the difficulty for a moment and just yeah. feel the love that got poured in those packages because of that. And, you know, even in Fairway Cares, we say, well, we can't fix the situation You know, we can't fix what they're going through, but if we can give them a a little bit of, you know, a moment to diffuse what they're experiencing for a moment to help them take that next step, then, you know, we've, we've served in a, in a powerful way.
1: And what I think happens in that one moment is that they see or experience hope. Yes. It may be fleeting, but I think they, they, they can recall that moment and say, well I was okay for that whatever period of time that was, whether it was a minute or a week or whatever um and and the 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 stories the nonstop stories after all these years of sending packages that somehow what was in that box was exactly what these people needed, and that continues to just i i look at that i i read those and it's like, how does God do that i mean Chris. I don't know if Chris has been on here yet or not, but, but she does these, she puts most of the packages together and she prays over every single one of these things. And somehow the right objects are in that box and they're not the same all the time. I don't know. It's, it's a gift. Ever lose Chris, boy, I'll tell you. (laughs) Well, and and it is true.
0: (laughs) It is, it is true. We just, we just got a, a notification today of a package she put together And my friend said, I never told you that she was a cat lover. And a cat came in her box. It happened all the time. It does. It, It does.
1: I love it. It does. And again, more confirmation about why Fairway Cares needs to continue.
0: Yeah. Well, and no matter what is happening, people are always navigating loss. They're always navigating illnesses. And we don't want anyone to have to receive a package the reality is we know that there are people out there that need a package and our teammates are the ones that uh, let us know who those precious ones are that are walking through that difficulty. Dan, this has been great. I think it's so important to learn who you are and, and your experiences and all that value Uh, that you bring to Fairway Cares, I just thank you so much for everything that you do and the heart that you bring to Fairway Cares.
1: Well, for me, it is truly spiritually, mentally, and physically fulfilling. And I I appreciate that you allow me to be a part of this team. So thank you.
0: Yeah. Well, we love it. And I'm just going to say thank you for listening till the end. And thank you to Dan for sharing his heart, um, his servant heart and the ways that uh, Fairway Cares you know, makes an impact for him too. And uh, if you know someone who has been impacted by critical illness, loss of a loved one, or has sustained physical trauma, and you would like to help brighten their day, please contact us at fairwaycares.org and make a request. Uh, If you know someone who would like to be a Fairway Cares champion, please email me at sherry.anderson at fairwaymc.com. And please note that there is a donate button on our website if you would love to help us continue to send love, hope, strength, and courage to those facing difficulties.
1: Amen.